We just got back from talking to people we don't know about abortion, and now we're debriefing. Join us. We are Created Equal, and we're inviting you to debrief with us. Hey, everyone. I am not Lexi, as you understand and can hear very well. I am Seth, and I'm alone right now in the debrief closet, in the GoPro closet, except for alone only in hosting. We have two guests today with us. Maggie's behind the board producing for the first time. Esther's helping us. We have a, a stacked closet, but Lexi's not here because we have two guests, Gabriel and Evangeline. So both of you, welcome to the show. Thanks. Yeah, thanks, Seth. You ready to debrief? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> So this is very unique. Gabe and Lex just got back from something that is very unusual for us. You know Create Equal. We're often outside the classrooms, on the streets, talking to high schoolers. But Gabe and Evangeline were actually inside a high school recently. So we came. We asked them to debrief with us about their experience being inside the school. So first, just Gabe and Vanny, what were you doing inside the school recently, the high school, public high school? So this high school has a really cool program where they allow different speakers to come in and talk about different issues, and they try to get both sides of the issue um, on both ends of the spectrum. So they've covered a lot of different issues, um, animal rights, communism, socialism, um, the alt-right, neo-Nazism, white supremacy, a lot of different things, feminism. Uh, and gay rights and now they they're on a topic where they're talking about abortion so they invited us in and then uh, Planned Parenthood also to speak about abortion so we just got to come in and present what our view on abortion is and allow the students to ask us questions I think most people listening would think that's kind of odd right a pro-life group especially us known for being um, what's the right word I guess just we have this strategy of showing abortion visually that we would be invited inside a public high school this is a very unique very cool experience so when you were asked to do this uh, did that feel weird walking into the school getting off the sidewalk actually going inside was that weird for you yeah a little because I haven't been to a high school since I was in high school so it's kind of weird to be around high school kids but it was a great opportunity because we're always staying on the outside of high school so it's cool to go in and actually talk you know, face to face and they're kind of forced to listen, but that's kind of good. So we can share um, the reason why we're anti-abortion and hopefully um, it caused some people to change their minds that day. Excellent. And so um, Gabe and Evangeline, so you spoke to several classes uh, during one day. Um, Who else, Gabe, you said they were having several other speakers. So who was going to present the pro-abortion side, the flip side of what you presented? Oh, Planned Parenthood was. And you don't know anything about what they presented, right? You didn't get to hear anything from them? They presented the the day after us. So we okay. kind of went and set the stage, uh, which was really good for us because Evangeline was evil evil to kind of say at one point, this is the science behind embryology. This is why we know that the embryo, the fetus, is a human being. Ask, Listen tomorrow and see if Planned Parenthood presents any evidence, any scientific evidence that's reliable that says this is not a human being. So we were kind of even able to give them things to listen to when Planned Parenthood came in and presented. Yeah, that's excellent because Planned Parenthood, as we know, is not going to talk about these things, about embryology. And so you prepare them to ask the right questions or at least think in the right categories. So now um, before we kind of talk about the reaction, which is what I have been trying to, you know, I've gotten little snippets from you guys because it's such a unique experience for us. And I think that anyone listening would be very interested hearing how the students responded. But first, can you just kind of Tell us a bit about what you presented. So imagine you're someone listening to the debrief who maybe you're going to try to reach out to a high school and get a chance to go in, and you want to kind of craft your message. So what did you think was very important in the 45 minutes or so you had to, to communicate to these students? What were the kind of key components of your presentation? Yeah, first we wanted to make a case that the embryo is human. So we wanted to go through all the embryology up front. Um, we wanted to sh- also share encouraging stories to help them kind of understand that, um, you know, s- 
sacrificing um, things in your life for other people is a good thing. And abortion is the complete opposite for that. So we wanted them to think of people in their own lives that inspire them and then show them that um, that they can make choices like that in their own lives. And um, abortion is something that takes something that is um, really beautiful, a new life, and destroys it. So we wanted to make that case. And then we went into um, why we oppose abortion and um, the syllogism we use. I'm sure you guys have talked about it on the podcast several times. Go ahead and remind them, Evangeline. Um, the syllogism, which yeah. is two premises that end with a, a conclusion. And the first premise is that it's always wrong to intentionally kill innocent human beings. Second one, um, abortion is always the intentional killing of an innocent human being. And the conclusion is that, therefore, abortion is always morally wrong. So we made that case for them. And then we went through the common objections that we hear on college and high school campuses all the time. Excellent. So Gabriel, then, so knowing kind of the overall content, what about visuals? What visuals did you use with the students in the the classroom? Yeah. So, well, first we had that visual of the story, sharing where a mom made a great sacrifice, showing even faced in hard circumstances, we look up to people who did the right thing. So kind of that visual of that mom there. And then we showed images, uh, prenatal images of human beings inside the womb. Uh, showing fetal development that the embryo that the fetus go through and we had that up there when we were using embryology quotes but then also we use quotes from actual abortion supporters who acknowledge that the science of embryology that abortion kills a human being so people like dr uh, peter singer and people like dr willie parker who's an abortionist himself and then finally we got to show them some different diagrams of abortion some neutral diagrams made by nucleus medical the largest provider of online medical diagrams and videos used in America. And that showed them what the different surgical abortion procedures actually do to human beings. And then we showed them real photos of humans who are killed in abortion, just like the photos that we take out that are on our signs when we go outside of high schools. And the students really had, a lot of them had a hard time looking at that. So it was, I was the one um, talking during that time. I was presenting during that time, but Evangeline got a really good take on kind of how some of the students were reacting when we were showing the photos. So these are photos that people can see at creativeequal.org. They know what they look like, but their babies killed by abortion that you were showing inside a public high school, which we know is very rare. It does happen in rare instances like this, but I think you're right, Gabriel. People are going to be listening, wondering, well, what did they, how did they respond when they saw that? So what did you see, Vanny? Yeah, um, just facial expressions all around of people just being disgusted, covering their eyes. There was one young man who just, he didn't, because we give a warning before we show the photos. And once he heard that warning, he kept his eyes closed the whole time. He just didn't want to look in, in the eyes. And then there was one girl who covered her eyes between each photo we showed and kind of peeked. Um, it, it was really interesting that even afterwards, no one um, even challenged us that they're fake photos. They really believed it um, because there are real photos. But usually on campus, college campuses, they always challenge us about the authenticity of the photos. But not one person did. Yeah. That's fascinating. So they were sitting there looking away from it. Did you get the sense that these students looking away were, I don't know, did they ask questions that gave you a sense of whether they were pro-life or pro-choice, the ones who were avoiding the look? I was really hoping they would. I was trying Mm -hmm. to pay attention. Like, I remember I saw one girl who put her head down. She looked at the first two photos, and then she put her head down and told her friend next to her, you know, tap me when it's over so I can look up again. So I was trying to pay attention to the people that I could pick out like that to see if they did ask questions afterwards because if they were in support of abortion, we were definitely going to point out that we could even look at the what abortion does yeah. to a human being. But I think, you know, uh, from what I could tell, the students looking away were not students who asked questions. So it's hard to know where exactly they fell. 
Well, that's just so interesting. They recoil from it, right? So yeah. again, you just—it's it's inescapable though, the the grossness of abortion, the the disgusting barbarity of it. Okay, so you showed the images of babies killed by abortion. You gave the content. You gave the inspirational. Let's try to strive to be like this. We're not saying being pregnant is easy, simple, yeah. but we should be the kind of people who do the right thing, even when it's really, really hard. So then, like, what about interactions, like either after class or questions they ask? What kind of things did you hear from the students in general? Other reactions to your message that day? Yeah, lots of um, questions. Um, we wish we had more time for questions, but we heard um, people bring up, you know, what about um, hard situations of rape and incest? Um, no, yeah, there was. Yeah, go guys, ahead. The, after the first class, we did three classes. After the first class, this one guy kept raising his hand mm. when I was discussing rape and incest, and we were asked people to hold questions for the end. So we waited till the end, but he was raising his hand not to ask a question, but really to make a comment saying that his great-grandfather actually raped his great-grandmother. Wow. And if his grandparent would have been able to be born because his grandparent was a victim of rape, then he wouldn't exist. And he was saying, as evil as I was, I love my life. Like, I'm glad that I am alive today so that there still has been, you know, good that has came out of that. You know, the, these future generations that have came from that that would have never been able um, to exist if that child conceived in rape would have been killed intentionally killed in abortion mm. so that was just kind of a really cool thing because other than that we didn't have any pro-life students make any comments or asking any questions but i think that was just a really powerful witness to the rest of the students in the class yeah undoubtedly because i think that you know we know how to respond to the uh question apologetically why it's wrong to kill a baby made in violence the violence of of, abor- of rape does not justify the violence of abortion we understand that right yeah. but here you have someone who whose story shows that there's a difference between the evil action and the person created by the evil action that kid was not responsible at all for the violent crime of his what great great grandfather you said right his great grandfather great grandfather not at all responsible for that he's still a human being with great value all right so you had some good comments good stories like that what about like anyone like what i would expect is that there's gonna be someone in the crowd there who's read some pro-abortion stuff and like i'm just gonna try to toss some challenging things out there to you did you hear any have any pushback from students yeah, so um, in two of the classes, because um, we did three back-to-back, the last two, um, we had two different comments that um, they were talking about back-alley abortions. Mm. and Very um, fired up and saying, what about these women? Are you saying that you don't care about these women? You don't want, um, you, only, you only want unsafe abortions. Um, let's only have safe abortions, so. Okay, well, so that's interesting because this week, obviously, we um, have all heard about the leaked case, the leaked decision from the Supreme Court on Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health Organization, right? We're recording this just days afterward. We still do not know whether that will be the official decision. There's a lot. We have to wait for that official decision from the court. But this has led to a stream of um, constant barrage on media about all the articles I keep seeing. I'm sure you both have seen them, too, about what will happen if abortion falls and how the women who are going to die. So what do you think that all influenced this question coming up or was it i mean it just connects to in my opinion but what do you guys think i really think so because the teacher actually told us we were resenting two days after that news came out and the teacher told us that the day before they had actually taken time in this class just to discuss about the decision coming out there you know the draft decision at least coming out and what that would mean and what the students thoughts were on that so they had kind of already been primed for that the day before so, so three um, days on abortion. Was, yeah. So the <laughs> second and third class, we had somebody's hand shot right up to ask about that. And um, one of the girls who asked was definitely ready, listing off a different, a lot of different illegal abortion methods that she thought people would start pursuing and was very emotional and very fired up about it. 
already because I think she knew it's something that it could be very, in her mind, you know, is very eminent now. Well, let's dive into that because I think, as you guys know, the whole purpose that why we're here talking about this, just the three of us and anyone listening, is that we want to not just that day in that classroom have the right answer, but be ready next time. And I I've been texted by so many people this week about keep hearing this. How do I say this? People are so realizing we need to have the right answers now. So just back up and just clarify again, what is the assertion being made? Evangeline, what are they saying about abortion and the back alley? What, what's going on here? They're saying um, that if we were to ban abortion, that would make women go to the back alleys and have unsafe abortions. So um, the wrong, the assertion here is that we don't care about women. We only care about, we're only pro-birth and we only care about the babies. Um, but that's not true at all. We do care about the women and uh, this is something that we've heard years on college campuses, so it's not a new thing to us, but for those who are listening, um, yeah, it may be new for them. And Gabe, before we come, kind of go to the apologetic again, how to respond to that, what about just Dobbs itself? Let's say that Roe is overturned. What's going to be the kind of the aftermath from your perspective about this dangerous back alley forming? Yeah, well, I think people are worried because a lot of states are already primed to either based on a trigger law that they've passed or some some prior law, a pre-row law that was an abortion ban. You know, about half of the U.S. states are supposed to immediately or very soon have abortion be banned in their state. So these people are really worried that instead of going out of state, driving or flying to some place where they can get a legal abortion, they're going to be seeking these illegal abortions. And at their mind, you know, obviously they think really the women are going to be dying left and right because of that. Yeah. I mean, I think almost everyone thinks that any woman who has an illegal abortion is going to be doing something very, very dangerous and she's probably going to die. So the only way to prevent that in their mind then is to keep abortion legal. And Gabe, um, again, before we come back to Evangeline, there's also, we've talked a lot in our office about the real dangerous back alley today, which is the back alley of pills being yeah. sent to the mail, used in ways the FDA would not authorize for. And you've looked at that a lot. So can you just share kind of how really it's the pro-abortion side building the back alley even now? Exactly. Yeah, there are pro-abortion groups you can go right online and they list different places, different pharmacies, different countries. You can order abortion pills from and there's no doctor oversight in this. So women can be taking pills a lot later than a chemical abortion um, will will actually work at a point. So they could be taken in real late in pregnancy. There is no ultrasound happening to make sure that that woman doesn't have an ectopic pregnancy that could be deadly for her and the baby. There is you know, um, no oversight happening when she has, when she takes these abortion pills. So she, the risk for infection, especially hemorrhaging, these women could be alone and secret hemorrhaging on their own. We already know, like here in Ohio, there was a case of a boyfriend and girlfriend who were uh, about 25 weeks pregnant or some estimates were even later. They thought maybe the gestation of the baby was 28 weeks. And she took, um, a whole handful of misoprostol to try to expel the baby, they think he was born alive and she had to go to the emergency room because she was still bleeding so badly even after she delivered her baby and they put him at a trash bag left him for dead. So there's already been cases of things like this mm -hmm. happening. Um, there's another state where a man ordered abortion pills and crushed them up and put them in his girlfriend's drink to try to make her abort their baby without her even knowing. So things like this, especially enabling um, sex traffickers and different people are just going to be happening all over the place. And the abortion industry, these different pro-abortion sites are telling people, if you have complications and go to the emergency room, don't tell them that you're doing chemical abortion. Just lie and say that you're having a miscarriage. So these women, when they start facing these life-threatening side effects, these hemorrhaging and things, they're going to go to the emergency room and then they're not even going to be honest with the doctors. So the doctors aren't going to be able to properly treat them. 
That's really terrifying. And I think that just the big shocking part of it is that it's the abortion side. It's not pushing the pro-lifers that. pushing that. So, Evangeline, when someone says to you, don't you want abortions to be safe, which is all the time, what do you say in response to that? Safe for whom? <laughs> Great question. What do you mean by that? I mean, um, I get it, but un- unpack that. Yeah. So they want um, when they're saying that um, they want abortions to be safe, they're only talking about um, the mother and they're not even including the other um human being inside the mother's womb. So um, if they truly believe in human equality, they'd have to include all humans. So they're saying that um, for safe abortions, um, it would only include the safety um, security for one person. And I don't think that's right. So we ask safe for whom? Um, what about this person? Don't they deserve equal rights as well? So. Yeah, well said. So what about women who would choose um, a dangerous means of killing their child? Do we see that as good or bad? I think people kind of assume that we're happy with that. Like, I don't understand that. I mean, we don't want that, right? No, yeah. I mean, it's pretty obvious. Like, what, what would our ideal be? Yeah. Well, even what we shared was how the numbers of women dying pre-Roe were blown out of proportion. And doc- mm-hmm. people like Dr. Bernard Nathanson, who was an abortionist, who was a co-founder of NARAL, the, one of the largest pro-abortion organizations in America, um, who then later had a conversion and left the abortion industry, he said that those numbers were completely falsified, that they were blown out of proportion. We shared that 39 women died the year before uh, Roe versus Wade was was passed, was handed down in 1972. And one of the women said, well, only 39, you know, not 38, like saying, or not 40, saying that it's still a tragedy that those 39 women died. And Evangeline immediately, you know, jumped in and said, yes, no, one is too many. Right. We don't want any of these women to die. Yeah. Um, but the answer is not to make something wrong legal that mm-hmm. which that which is wrong should never be made legal so that it is safe for the people who want to do it because it's never safe like evangeline was saying it's never safe for the person who's killed in the abortion for the young preborn boy or girl who's killed in abortion and legal and illegal abortion can be very unsafe for the mother as well so the goal then is to make sure that no one wants an abortion that no one is having an abortion. We don't want women to die from legal or legal abortion. The goal of that is not to make abortion, you know, safer, but to make sure nobody wants an abortion in the first place. Very well said. And so anyone wanting to kind of follow up what Gabriel was talking about, I believe it was in Aborting America, his book yes. Aborting America, where Dr. Nathanson commented that um, also it was the U.S. Bureau of Vital Statistics that tracked the numbers of women who died by illegal abortions prior to Roe v. Wade. And adding on there, Mary Calderon in the 1960s was writing, and I believe the American Journal of Medicine, I believe, or is it health? I'm not sure. I should look that up. But she was writing that in the 1960s, 90% of abortions were being performed by doctors in good standing in their communities. And so she said that abortion was generally safe. Now, she meant safe for whom, right, Vanny? Yeah. Safe for the born moms, born women. But so she was saying abortion was safe in the 60s because it was doctors in good standing doing them. Now, that's interesting to today. The flip side is now it's coming through the mail without a doctor. So it's actually more dangerous today while abortion is legal throughout the country to have an abortion if you're getting it done through the back alley being created by the uh, the abortion side. So kind of t- coming back around then, when you communicate this to people and explain that, you know, abortion is never safe for the baby, the back alley, the rhetoric is overblown, it was not as dangerous for mothers as we are told is the case. Um, when you communicate this to people, do you find that kind of compelling to them? What, what is the response you get from people anytime you're sharing this? Yeah, um, they do say, um, like, well, it's still going to happen. Just mm. because um, it's illegal doesn't mean it's not going to happen. And we see that across the board with a bunch of different things. That doesn't mean we make other things um, legal just because it may happen. Um, it should be illegal. But I think after explaining to them, making them understand that, you know, 
women die from legal abortions too. That it's actually just unsafe for women in general because they deal with um, emotional, psychological, mental, um, physical, um, you know, things after having an abortion. That's not um, that's not a doubt in our minds that women go through a hard time after having abortions. Um, I think they can really grasp what we're saying and um, come to agreement on that point at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Gabriel, so if someone is going to, if someone's on the streets or on social media right now reading about this, seeing all these assertions that pe- women are going to die because of the Dobbs decision, which again, we don't have the official decision, but assuming that's going to happen, what would be your kind of like your summary? Like, here's the best thing you can say if you have like two to three minutes with them, what would your sure. recommendation be? Well, I think the first thing is they're very worried. They're very scared for women. So I think just to kind of find common ground there and have compassion with them and say, yeah, I mean, we don't want any woman to die from an illegal abortion. We agree with you on that. We should do all we can to prevent a woman dying from an abortion. I just think the solution is not to allow abortion to remain legal, but instead to make abortion unthinkable for any Mm -hmm. woman um, because abortion can never be safe because that w- an action that kills somebody is inherently dangerous. It's right. not safe. You know, you can't make dismembering a child safe. You can't make decapitation safe because those acts are not ever safe for the for the baby. And women are always dying in abortions. Preborn women are always dying in abortions. So our goal is to make abortion illegal, to restore equal rights to all human beings. But our goal is also to make abortion unthinkable so that no woman would ever seek that out. Um, and... Like we, I said before, that a line that's really good is that which is immoral should never be made legal so that it is safe for those who want to do it. You can also bring up different analogies, which good is just to throw one out there. You know, human trafficking is illegal right now, but it's still happening. It's still mm-hmm. taking place. And that can be dangerous for the pimps, for the Johns in different ways. But we could always make it legal. We could make rape legal so that it's safer for those who want to commit it. We would never do that because we recognize how that strips rights away from the victims. Bank robberies can be very dangerous. Somebody could die in a shootout in a bank robbery, but we would never say let's make bank robbery legal so that it's safer for those who want to rob banks because we recognize that there's something absolutely wrong with theft, Mm. right? So we're not going to legalize theft just to make it safer for those who want to do it. So in the same way, because we know abortion intentionally kills a human being, we shouldn't legalize it just to make it safe for the women who want to kill their children. But we don't want women to seek that out or to be hurt by that. So the goal then is to make it unthinkable for any women by sharing with them resources like the pregnancy resource centers and different things that are available, help that's there for them and their baby. So that's not a, a thing in anyone's mind. Well said. Well done, both of you. Those are excellent comments for, uh, and directives for people to share when this comes up as it undoubtedly will continue to come up. And we have to be ready with a good answer. And that I think is an excellent answer, or especially started Gabriel with the whole the point that we recognize that people who come to wrong conclusions maybe begin from good motivations at times, compassion for people, but they're misdirected compassion because it's pointed on killing another person. So well said, both of you. I'm glad you did that. And I hope we get chances to go back and to do more high schools like this. I don't think it removes the need to be outside high schools because there are so many more schools we're not invited in and so many more students we don't get to see when we, when we do get to go in. But that is a unique opportunity. And so if you're listening, maybe consider reaching out to your schools in the area. That would be a great challenge for this week to reach out to some schools and ask if you could come in or if they don't want, if you don't, you're not ready for it, maybe you could invite us to come in and we'll send Gabriel Evangeline or someone else to your town to come inside your school and share 
share a presentation as well. But there's a lot of chances. We all have opportunities right now to talk about this because Dobbs has so elevated abortion in the national discussion. So we must jump on that. So for now, thank you for joining us this week. Please look for us on social media. We're at Debrief with us on Instagram. Please also comment. Leave us a five-star review if you like what you're hearing. And again, join with us as we all seek to make conversation happen to reach hearts, change minds, and save babies from, from abortion. Thank you for being here. We are Created Equal, and this has been The Debrief.